Greetings, nerds. This is Sane and Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. <laughs> How are you doing this evening? Looking forward to talking some Chin Fi and Loki after our, our fun little adventure we had in the pre-show. <laughs> oh, my God. The shenanigans. Okay, everyone. <laughs> Listen up. I... Okay, if you if you follow me on Twitter, you know, you know I'm a K-pop stan and you know there's a specific group who I like they're my they're my number ones, um ATs. And they announced a comeback and I have secured secu- signed albums by them for the past 3 comebacks. And and unfortunately, right before we started to record tonight, they dropped the signed albums and Will got to witness Yes. <laughs> Me going into war. <laughs> because Hello 82, I'm just going to say fuck you right now. Because whatever you did caused this night to be extremely stressful for me. <laughs> it did. It was, <laughs> it was very stressful for Sarah. Trust me, folks, it was. But you know what? I was like, we, we were talking, uh, we were going through, and I was like, you know what? This is like reminds me of the days whenever my football team, when my Panthers actually were playoff contenders and actually were able, you know, made it into the playoffs. I was like, you know, me and my buddies, we used to always just get online and like, you know, with Ticketmaster and we'd just be working it from both ends. And that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? I'm this, this just builds my fear for their tour next year. (laughs) I get tickets. Yeah. (laughs) Tour and another tour. Like my mom, my mom has a list of about five dozen K-pop concerts she wants to go to. And as a good daughter, I have to make at least a few of those come true. (laughs) But I don't know. Like, like it took us a half hour to get these damn albums. But that's just because the slut, the site was ridiculously slow and kept kicking us out. Yep, yep. But but we got them. You got them. You got it. We got the email confirmation. It's official. When looking at my confirmation sheet, do I notice something where I'm like, hmm, I wonder how many albums I'm actually going to receive versus what I just paid for all of these albums. So, but but I have a month to like get that situated. So we shall see. Um. (laughs) Now, on to why we're actually here, now that it's almost, (laughs) we've been on the phone, (laughs) on Skype together for almost an hour, we're actually going to do this show, because there has been great TV, Um, but before we do, um, Will, while doing that, was also trying to stay on top of the whole SAG and studio talks um, um updates and um as the talks have resumed um and there are no updates is that correct um well they of course they had the negotiations earlier this month and then the SAG-AFTRA dropped right when they were seems like they were right there at the edge of a deal SAG-AFTRA dropped another proposal and it just blew everything up back on October 11th uh the studios did what everyone to come back to the table so they met today obviously no new agreement but um they did agree to talk again in the next day or so and so uh so we're now at the 103rd day of the actor strike uh and the studios did propose a quote-unquote generous offer uh at least in their proposal and and they call it what is being termed as success by success based compensation which i guess is uh, which was you know the whole one of the big things has been streaming revenues and and revenue sharing and and, and all that uh, between you know, between you know as far as paying residuals and, and and that to the actors uh for for the programs that have been produced but uh the studios did come up with that and um basically according to uh deadline which i'm reading right now the reaction was pretty clear out of the gate that it flopped uh as far as 
whenever it was not well received by SAG-AFTRA, but at least they did, neither side blew up things and said, took their ball and went home. They are agreeing to, um, meet again in the next day or so to hopefully, uh, come up with a proposal that will be suitable for both sides. But that's just where, that's where things are at this point. All right. Well, progress nonetheless. I mean, the writers strike that's over. Um, and yeah, yeah. we, we still yeah. got some things to sort out here. Yeah. But all the, yeah, but even so with even the, at least they're back at the table. Uh, but you know, the, the downstream effects have already happened. Of course, it was all late last week. Deadpool three was removed from the calendar as far as being released next year. Uh, but, and at least Captain America four, I think rumor has it will be moved up to the spot in, in May when Deadpool three was supposed to be released because Captain America four was finished as far as filming. So it's in post production. So that'll probably will take place. And then of course, uh, I think yesterday, uh, Paramount basically moved Mission Impossible eight out to 2025 because it was just about to start filming right when everything went uh, south with the uh, actors and when they went on strike. So, and are also apparently going to be renaming it. So, so there's that. And then a quiet place, I think is moving up. So, but it's done, but it will probably move into the spot where mission impossible was supposed to be. So yeah, it's just, yeah, it's at this point, I mean, don't get locked in. If you if you see a release date, just just assume that it's going to get moved. <laughs> assume assume the inevitable. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, also, yeah, depending on how negotiations go, too. I mean, you know, even TV series, you know, because even if they come to an agreement, I don't know if they'll be able to like in Hollywood. Typically, goes on hiatus in November and December as far as filming. So unless they agree to work over the holidays, I mean. Yeah, stuff is stuff is not going to be coming back anytime soon. Yeah, unless it's already. Yeah. Yeah, but in the meantime, we do have some great TV going on in the world. Um, there is no transition to this next piece of news. There's a transition after (laughs) the natural (laughs) one, but honestly. It's not just because he appeared on screen this week in Loki, but we do have to talk about and give an update on the latest with Jonathan Majors criminal case um, as his case is scheduled to return to court tomorrow. So it's we we still like the jury's still out yeah. on this whole situation um, and and. The MCU have has not made any official announcements on his con- continuation um, in his role as well all of the variants in the world. Yeah. Um, but but for right now, like um, he he already shot his scenes for Loki season two, um, so that's in the can. So we'll see that, um, and then it's it's kind of unknown as if he will continue forward in this role or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, from, from what I gather, uh, he, he's not anticipated to and expected to show up tomorrow. It sounds like it's an, another hearing on just, I guess, scheduling and evidentiary issues. And the, uh, Manhattan DA's office apparently, um, did, uh, filed a pretty significant motion a day as far as at least page number. Um, where they uh, did note that there was an incident that occurred in London with a victim uh, during the time that Loki was being filmed. Now, some reports indicate that the the alleged victim in the incident in London was the same uh, his his same ex girlfriend that uh, who who um, is in the subject of the New York case. Um. So there's that. Uh, there's also been discussions about whether or not she's going to get charged by police in the New York case. But even if that were the case, uh, the DA's office in their filing today said even if if she is charged with assault, uh, they're not going to be pursuing charges against her. And that was in their filing today as well. So a lot of back and forth is going on in this case. And, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. 
we we shall see. Time will tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, there's no easy transition out of this one. <laughs> you know, it is because obviously we're yeah. going to talk about Loki because we just talked yeah. about Jonathan Majors and yeah. go figure. He his his first episode in this season just aired this past week um, mm-hmm. with episode three, nine, 1893, um, yep. where he plays variant timely um, Victor mm-hmm. timely um, he plays and who we meet. Um, it's, this is a good episode, but yeah, yeah. before we delve into my thoughts about this episode, um, you you rewatched this episode and you yeah, told yeah. me like, damn, this is well written. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I want to know to start us off, Will, why, why that reaction after watching it a second time? After rewatching it a second time and just between just thinking about all the little breadcrumbs to you termed that was brought up in the episode. Um, and, and all. I'm really seeing now how they are just really constructing this this series and and also something uh, that I read from the showrunner for the season two where he talked about this is really a, a second chapter in in this book of seasons one and two being you know companions to to each other and you know because we did have that ending in season one. And, you know, there was no time gap or anything led right to the events in season two. And really just the, this how it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, or it's, it's really is a, a loop of, of, of storytelling where they set things in motion and the, what he who remains has done within the universe, within the universe of the story sending the you know his plan in in motion with with this third episode and to 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 ensure that one way or another this sacred timeline is going to continue because he his end goal is to make sure that at the end of the, at the end of time a version of himself will remain on this sacred timeline. And when you really just, and then, you know, all the things within this episode and also within this series, like with the time looping that happened in episode one with Loki, uh, the things we had in episode two with, you know, with uh, really fleshing out um, the, 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 you know, Sylvie being going back with, with Brad Wolf and, and figuring out that you know they need a you know, Miss Minutes or a variant of of he of Kang to 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 basically to, you know, open up the blast doors so they can fix the temporal loom so they could bring all these various blended timelines together as it, you know as they expand out in the in this you know from the sacred timeline and and then the events of this episode where you know where timely uh, or, or he who remains and Ouroboros, you know, it's the chicken and the egg, you know, they, 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 they really do feed off of one another as far as Ouroboros having the inspiration to write the TVA book, but then he who remains making sure that that book gets sent back to 1868. Uh, it's just all those things. It's just really, just really just well constructed when you just sit back and, and, and watch the episodes as they unfold. So, so you think your your theory or your interpretation is that he who remains, like that, is who Victor Timely becomes. A version of him, yeah. A version I, I think, of him. I I think so. I think he who remains. Like I guess my question yeah. is: yeah. Did we watch? the origin story of he who remains or is it is it not necessarily that way because victor is just another variant he's just um, another yeah. and this is this we watched we watched variant plan b <laughs> basically yeah i mean basically at the end of the day victor timely is is a variant of he of of kang one but i think the the end goal 
I think is that this the the the, the sacred timeline itself is the thing that is that is preserved. Right. Where and, and so he who remains in game is to to make sure that no other kings from any of the other parts of the multiverse can get into this sacred universe that 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 it's well, that is, well his his kingdom he doesn't want yeah. any everything yeah. he built like right. destroyed yeah. he he this was his i know this is going to happen so mm-hmm. i'm putting this piece in play as as to make sure that by killing me you don't undo too much mm-hmm. or there's a way that to actually in in this case there's there's a way for them to fix some of the repercussions that are inevitable from um my death which yeah. one of them being the loom itself and mm-hmm. where we're at with the loom and so we have victor yeah, I I agree with you. I I was listening to um someone react to the episode um earlier today, so I I heard a lot of it and I had it in my mind like the good writing. I I agree. There I like the circling um the parallelism that's going on, but I did I couldn't help but notice some very interesting editing choices or just like I don't know was there a scene or a line where Loki and Mobius knew that they they were um that Victor was taking um Renslayer to his lab and where the lab was? Like because the last time I feel like we saw them during the getaway was mm-hmm. when Mobius came over with a bike, a couple bikes. Right. And yeah. and Loki refused. So so I'm telling you, Disney, right now, you better have footage of those two riding around in 1893 <laughs> on that couple bike, and you're just gonna release it like later. Well, totally. This gift. They have to. It'll be a part okay. of the out the outtakes. It definitely will be. <laughs> I mean, I I think maybe we all were just slighted by that, so we didn't towards the end didn't realize it and was like, wait a second, how did they know where they were? <laughs> Like yeah. <laughs> maybe somebody told them, I don't know. It just, to, in my mind, it seemed yeah. kind of weird that at the end they showed up at the exact place, just like with Sylvie. We don't, we don't really know. Maybe she was tracking Ren, Renslayer, but we don't really know how she knew where they were. I have a problem with Mobius and Loki, the happy couple they are. They rode that bike real fast, um, showing up. Um, just, just the, the logistics of that and a few other scenes. I'm like, hmm, interesting. But I don't think, upon first viewing, I don't think those are very noticeable flaws because at the end of the day, the episode itself is very like the the character development, the story progression, kind of masks any any flaws it may have logistically speaking um, because I mean, we can't, we can't show like a 45 minute couple bike scene. (laughs) (laughs) We got to keep things going. Um, But, but yeah, I think I, I, I like, I like what they're doing in terms of, Everything is working like each episode, as you were pointing out, is building upon each other. I mean, we just got introduced to the loom and the TVA handbook in the very first episode. And then we get payoffs for that in this episode. Um, And we get we finally get the reveal of where Renslayer went at the end of last season. And that was to she didn't realize it at the time to deliver the TVA handbook to a very young Victor timely, um, who then uses that as like an inspiration, um, or a, like his Bible. So yeah, I, I thought that was good. And then what I, what I also like on top of that is we get, we get Sylvie, coming in and and doing essentially play, her her whole thing right now is I'll kill any variant. 
Yeah. I don't care. I, I want to kill any variant. So essentially the whole she would go back and kill a baby Hitler because she knew who who he would become. But granted, she didn't actually end up killing Victor at the end of this episode. She let Mobius and Loki take take him. Meanwhile, she kicked literally kicked Renslayer to the end of time. So that she could live happily ever after with the corpse of he who remains. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point about Sylvie, yeah, I mean, that. I I like, you know, even though that she has been used in, in very good spots this season, like this episode, you know, she, you know, like you said, she tracked him down. She's had been a mission to like destroy all the variants, but then what was so powerful about that scene between her and and Kang was, or he, or between her and Victor, excuse me, was whenever Victor was starting to plead for him, his his life and the whole issue of free, you know, free will and choice, you know, and and all that, and you know, Sylvie confronting the fact that oh my God, I've you know, I've basically taken the place of he who remains where I've taken away all free will and, 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 and become the thing that the very thing that she has basically set her path on as far as trying to destroy. So I thought that was, and that was another, you know, that was another really strong thing as far as the writing that I, that I really liked about this, about this episode. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, that was, you know, that whole thing. And I think, and getting back to your point, I was, uh, I paused for a moment I was, as, as far as how did the other folks, how did Sylvie know where to find him? I think they, is, but she probably traced, uh, Renslayer's Tempad. Yeah. Cause that's how, you know, that's how she found them at the, for example, at the, at the, at the World's Fair was again tracing the Tempad. So I think it was a simple, it was, it, that was, that was how she, uh, was they, they were able to find. Yeah. The, yeah. I, the I think I've mentioned that as one theory yeah. that could be yeah. the logical theory that could be thrown yeah. out there. I mean, they were trying to trace Renslayer's Tempad. Tempad all the way back in the very first episode, and it wasn't until the end of the second episode where, no, it was the end. It was the end of an episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, minutes, I mean, just, minutes yeah. does the classic AI turn of wanting to become human so that mm-hmm. she can live her happily ever after um, as uh, he who remains girlfriend. Girl yeah. Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Tara Strong went strong in that uh, uh, with Miss Minutes and in and, and the voice acting there and really conveying the, the 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 jealousy and and also just the 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 partnership the the forced partnership of, of between her and Renslayer uh, because at the end of the day you know she's just basically she she needs Renslayer to just basically deliver, you know, to, to deliver the book, to help set the mission, whatever the, whoever is the author of the, of this plan, whether it's Ravona and Miss Minutes to, you know, given that they know, as they, as noted at the very end of the episode, know all of he who remains secrets and, and why it was such a mistake for him to make a villain you know, make an enemy out of the two people who could, who could bring him down. Um, you know, I, I thought that the, the dynamic between her, Miss Minutes and, and, and Renslayer was, uh, you know, was, was one that, uh, you know, was one of necessity <laughs> to, 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 to basically create this, this branched timeline from, for, for when, um, and especially when she, and she even calls it out. It's like, look, you're just, you're not responsible for this. You're just like the postman. You're just delivering the message. <laughs> but you're yeah, not really, it's, yeah, it's interesting how yeah what they what they did in this episode with the two partnerships is yeah. this season like Miss Minutes and Renslayer are on the same team. Mm-hmm. Now before they can officially become a partner, they have to realize that the guy that they both want 
wants nothing to do with either one of them. Like they're pawns to him. So mm-hmm. now they're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so they're on the same page with their enemy. And, and so they're united, which parallels kind of the um, partnership that we have with Mobius and Loki, where initially they weren't, they like Loki Bree grudgingly was helping Mobius, but now this season he really is a true partner to Mobius. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so now this season we get to see these two different partnerships and how they they're both after the same. Right now they're going to be after the same thing because they they still. Renslayer still has some allegiance to the TVA. She has no allegiance to Mobius, but she still she doesn't want everything to be taken down. Like she right. she says it herself, I think, in this episode. She's order. So but yeah. but yeah. her way of giving order is very different than what Mobius and Loki think need to be done. Right. Um, right. And she mentions and, and come to think of it, uh, I was listening to some listen to a review and someone made a point that she also brought that whole point of order up at the end of season one, uh, whenever she stepped, well, you know, before we realized where she was stepping off to, but she did talk about how she was, you know, that she, she, she was committed to the TVA and committed to the, to the order of again, preserving this timeline. So, well, just think about, think about in this show, how do we first meet Renslayer? When we first meet Renslayer in this episode? No, in this in this show. In this show. Oh, she was a time judge. Yeah, she was she was literally the yeah. judger giving yeah. order yep. to the time. So yeah. she it's not just that she keeps saying that, but yeah. that's how she we are introduced it. to her. And yeah. she's very much the her way about going about this is like she she's going to judge people like you deserve you don't deserve and loki and mobius or mobius in particular has always been more of a more creative thinker of like <laughs> well <laughs> more of a lawyer than yeah. than than the judge so yeah. so i think i i think that's very telling too um um, the whole order. And um, I'm glad I thought about that, about how we first met Renslayer. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and I guess and I guess to my point about the writing, because it's I mean, there's all the, you know, you know, there are names of people, Mobius or Boris, but, you know, but, in, you know, their definitionals. I mean, you know, the with Ouroboros is, you know, it's the serpent eating a tail or, or, you know, it's just but also gets into the, you know, whenever Victor was talking about uh whenever he was doing his prototype energy temporal loom there at the world's fair and he talks about the energy and, and entropy and that kind of thing again you know and you know the whole point of you know em- emphasis of em- em- entropy is you know he's trying to keep his life force going because otherwise otherwise if you know if if, if not it, it, that decay happens and mm-hmm. so you need to have that continual loop. And and even like Mobius, I mean, there's the Mobius loop. So that in mathematics. So again, all that's, I think that's why I meant by the, the, the show has such strong writing. Right. It's because they, if you just really, you know, get, take yourself, you know, really just look at, the, at the show and how it's constructed. It's all about these various loops and, and, you know, and the whole proverbial chicken and the egg and, and 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 this episode really demonstrates that with 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 Ravona delivering that book in 1868 to to young Victor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 so and and then it opens the question. And I would love to hear, you know, from our from our listeners what their thoughts on it is. Their thoughts on before we get the answer to next week's episode, who's behind this master plan is as far as continuing continuing its loops a minute you know is it he who remains was it a combination of Renslayer and Miss Minutes or just Renslayer herself because again she wants that order and and she will take these actions to keep things I'm confused place yeah confused what it wouldn't be Renslayer Renslayer was questioning like she didn't know she was even delivering the book itself but and that's the thing but the yeah she didn't know it but I mean but maybe 
and that's the thing that Miss Minutes was maybe alluding to. Um, at the end. And like, and it goes back to the record. I think the, and it goes, it goes back to that recording we heard way back at the first of the, first of the, um, of the series where that was the first episode of the season. Of the season, excuse me. Yeah. Season where, um, yeah, we we hear that recording. recording. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's when, you know, at that point, Renslayer knows what's going on. And she and, and she, you know, she and he who remains are having that conversation about this whole plan and stuff. And then, you know, because, again, we know how he feels about partnerships. He wiped her mind so she would not know her place in all of this. I I don't I don't buy it 100 percent. I buy it like 50 50 because I can totally see how. The fact that he wiped her mind just as many times, if not more, than he wiped Mobius's mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think from their dynamic, I gather Renslayer has been around longer than Mobius has. Yeah. But um, I don't buy that he told her about this plan. Mm-hmm. I, I for For whatever reason, I just... I don't I don't get that 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 sign. And and even if he did and he wiped his her mind, it still would have never been her plan. Like True. like he would have always been the mastermind. Now, Miss Minutes, there is an argument to be made that maybe she's been a part of this plan a lot longer than we realized too. And mm-hmm. and maybe it's really her who's trying to extend his life because you know she's infatuated with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so be, I, can, yeah. I can buy into that more than I can buy into Renslayer. Like, yeah, like yeah. I, I do want to say though, if if the secret is the wiping of the mind, kind of anticlimactic, and here's why: it's anticlimactic because we just spent last week's episode <laughs> with all the TVA members talking about their mind wipes, <laughs> and yeah. like, like I don't. It's just the way it was, it was very unsettling um, and it was a very good ending to hear Miss Minutes say, like, just wait until I tell you about this one secret I have um, that you're not going to like, which makes me think my theory was, oh, they were definitely married at one point, Mm -hmm. definitely married, definitely had a family or she did. But he was obsessed with her, and he, she he plucked her right out of that like family. Mm. Um, because that's another thing we like. So far, we've been alluded to. Well, what was Mobius's life like on the internal yeah. timeline? Mm-hmm. What about Renslayer? Yeah, yeah. So, that's, a, that's a yeah. That's a very that's a very valid theory. Um, that especially and it would track with with what we've seen with, with all these TVA members having prior lives and, you know, and, and, and that, um, that he, who remains like plucked them from that. So he could, you know, to, 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 to utilize them for, for his own ends. And then, so that would, that would, that would be it. I mean, and, and the other thing too, I, you know, one thing I thought is maybe that, you know, that maybe Miss Minutes is a construct of, of, of aspects of, of Renslayer's personality too. Um, and, you know, as, as he, as he, as he, as he who remains built her, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, basically, uh, he, you know, he, he built her to replace Ravona, uh, whenever he, he wiped her mind to, you know, to, to basically be that. I guess administrator time judge for, for the TVA that she, you know, she ends up, you know, spending her whole existence upholding. Right. Right. Yeah. A lot of partnerships, a lot of um, webs are woven in this episode. Um, but I do agree with Loki. Thor was not that tall. So <laughs> that's great. Which, I mean, that's another thing before we move on to Gen yeah. V, it's just to put out there. I like the the scene that we had in this episode with the statues mm-hmm. um, of where Thor uh, of um, 
of that um nordic right it's nordic right yeah 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 bold, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just because what what i i think last week we touched on and the week before like loki literally is a god mm-hmm. literally is a god yep and and we're dealing with time and bending of wills and very god-like behavior so i think that they're doing a very subtle thing with loki um that while we all are focused on the variants and the time sacred timeline is i'm i'm very interested to see what the resolution is for loki at the yeah. end of the season not necessarily the the plot like right. not will the tva be saved or any of that i'm just interested mm-hmm. into where does loki end the season at yeah um being yeah. who he is and how he got there yeah um so or, yeah or will we will, will we get an appearance of thor i mean it's because you know from thor's standpoint i mean he at least the last thing that Thor knows, Loki's dead. So, yeah. so you know, so I'm not even I, curious about that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, but you know, but just like there's just so many, there's just so many different ways that can go with this version of Loki and 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 all. But I agree with you. I, I love the fact that they did um, use this as a way just to subtly remind, just to, to remind us that, oh yeah, you know, and even as Mobius said, oh yeah, you're, you're one of them. You know, you're, you're one of those gods, and 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 I, I forget sometimes. <laughs> I forget sometimes, and you know, but and everybody knows about Baldur the Brave, and that was just a nice little you know, nice you know, acknowledgement in the MCU that they've been playing around with introducing this character, but you know, but it's not happened. So yeah. Yeah. It has not happened. All right. Well, on yeah. that note, we are going to talk about Gen V. We have two episodes to talk about. Clearly, as we're stumbling our way through Loki, this shall be an interesting conversation. Um. All right. So we start off with the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God. In um. Tech Knight comes to the university. Clearly, I have no idea how to start this conversation as I just start to narrate the <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> Well, let's just start with the let's just start with the skull fucking. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I did not see it coming. I did not see it coming. The uh, the uh, fetish that Tech Knight has. Because yeah. of a hole in his uh, brain. Yeah. Um. But there are this a lot of is. Holes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was gonna say there are a lot of holes. I mean, we start from you know because we were talking about you know uh, talking last week with Emma being in the you know in the security guards brain you know whenever she emerges at the end of the episode and and we and just in all that and you know, that's where we start this week. And and figure you know really finding out like Sam is actually stronger than Golden Boy and just sort of Shetty and Doctor Cardoza uh, just trying to sort figure out what happened down there in the in the in the woods and then of course to bring in pull in Tech Knight and 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 all and the, of course the, the vault board like no you know we we've got to like you know keep what happened here and under wraps and, and and of course you know tech knight comes in to like find the whole truth uh pun intended and so um yeah so it was like there was a lot of you know i mentioned before how i, I, I that dean reminds me a lot of of stan egger as far as this, that that way of just surviving in this you know being the human that survives in this world of soups and 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 being able to uh you know manipulate them where to to basically to be a survivor because again i mean tech thought he you know he was going to come in here and they were going to try to pin the blame 
you know, on her because again, we can't let anything bad happen to these, you know, these top five, top five got to stay off. You know, they have to remain, you know, untouched, but okay, we'll do that. And then we're going to put it on you then, you know, so that, that, those are that I really like the way that they set this, this episode up. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was a really well done episode. I was not, I don't know if there were more holes or more puns, at the end of this episode. Um, but, but it was a lot. It was, it, this show, much like Loki, just builds off of every single episode. Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's a lot of momentum. It doesn't waste time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does not waste time at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought we already knew that Sam was stronger than Golden Boy um, before this episode, or that was kind of implied. It was implied. He, he has yeah. schizophrenia, which which we basically start to see glimpses of as um, we meet some of the puppets. I don't know if that's mm. in this episode. Yeah, it is. Because it is. Yeah, it's Jason Ritter. We meet television's Jason Ritter and yep. a puppet and the deep skills talks to oh, talk to Sam about killing Dr. Cardoza so he doesn't end up going to hurt Emma. And um because of that he bails on Emma and goes to Dr. Cardoza Cardoza's house where and then and then Emma ends up getting a hold of Marie and gang they end up trying to go and stop Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then a blackout occurs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's a literal laughs> black- no, no, not well, before, before, well, well, before, not before we see something that we're just, we're just dumb. Well, like at the end of the day, we should have seen this. We've seen Ant-Man. We know yep. he can get small and he can get large. So mm-hmm. why didn't anybody think to say, point out, well, if Emma throws up to get small, mm-hmm. wouldn't she get bigger by eating? Well, I think that's, you know, this show, it makes, I mean, you're right. I mean, we should have, we should have like intuitively like figured that out. But I think it goes back to like the parent visit. Because and, and and the whole eating disorder and you know and I, and I think that's why this show is is so so good in the sense that you know it takes a very serious thing dealing with eating disorders or teen suicide or, you know fill in the blank because I mean they've they've dealt with a lot of like heavy topics in there and put it into this fanciful you know superhero world um, but in, in in Emma's case you know her mom made it like it's you know it's just be a shameful thing to like eat too much and get too big and that kind of stuff so it didn't even dawn on us to be like oh yeah that's a power she probably has because like like emma we've been conditioned as the audience to think that that's actually a bad thing that we wouldn't even consider doing because you know emma wouldn't consider doing it until the situation here forced her to do it no, I just I feel like we got stuck on one eating disorder and not realizing that she probably her whole situation fulfills a the spectrum of eating disorder yeah. because overeating yeah. is just as much as the disorder as undereating. Um it's just on opposite ends and has its own consequences. So yeah. um but it but just I, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think, I mean, but, but, reason, but like I said, I mean, I think it's because her mother, I, I, I think the reason, you're right, I mean, we did miss that other aspect of it. But I think, I think the way that we, pro, you know, we didn't pick up on it at first early on, because I think we were just sort of feeling our way through the series. But then after watching, I guess that was the third episode where her, we introduced to her mom. I mean, I, I could see why maybe we at least I didn't think of it from that standpoint, but looking at it from a standpoint of like, you know, there's the, that, that there's the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. I, I think it more had to do with her mom. Yeah. Um, so, so, the, so that, that's was Emma's big thing. <laughs> yeah. That and, also, that, that and also like busting in whenever, uh, uh, Marie and, and Jordan were, uh, were about to hook up. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, in this episode, talking about these writers are not wasting any time. Um, the dynamic between Sam or no, not Sam, which last week I got really confused because I could have sworn they were called Sam up until this episode, which no, their name is Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And Will did not correct me last week. So I think he I was confused as no. I was. <laughs> yeah, I realized that as I was listening back through, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah we, 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 we um, misidentified them. Yeah, yeah. So so Jordan's my favorite character. I still don't know how I got the names that badly confused. Um, but but it is what it is. Um, anyway, the dynamic between Jordan and Marie in this episode goes from. Very, not very hostile, but despisement to flirty despisement um, to becoming a tag team cockplosion. <laughs> that literally does happen. There's a lot yep. of dicks, but sh- which, you know what? It's the boys universe. So it what is. else yeah. can you expect yep. um, to a makeup make out session that quickly gets gets stopped as Emma bursts in. But. But by the end of the episode, they do wake up in bed together, um, granted. And that's why I'm really glad we were able to watch, like, the next episode after this. Because <laughs> yeah, me too. The way this episode's end, it's literally just cuts to black. Like, you think something's going to happen. They're in the – they're about – they're trying to calm Sam down. And next thing you know, cut to black. And Jordan and Marie are in bed together. And clearly Marie has no idea what day it is. Um, cut to the next episode. Welcome to the Monsters Club, where we realize that not only Marie doesn't know what day it is, but neither does Andre, Kate, or Jordan, or Emma. Yeah. Or Emma. Yeah, um, all of them. Yeah, they're all blacked yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, blacked out, which we think it was Rufus, who we do, who who's the... The uh, victim of the cockplosion. He's not the victim. He's well deserved rapist who who got what he needed. What got what he deserved. (laughs) Well, here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like what I thought was really smart is in the previous episode we have this interaction between Marie and him where he's a psychic, (laughs) and then. Like he does something, and next thing we know, it does look like he's about to rape her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, luckily that did not happen, but because we as viewers are shown that, that's why in this episode, Kate's whole story is highly like now. It hasn't been we don't know if it actually happened, but I would not be shocked if it turns out that Kate made that up as a cover story, because we do find out by the very end of this episode that she, in fact, is the person who, because of um, Dr. Professor Shadi, um, convinced her to mind wipe all of her friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so. It's I like like, yeah, it's I didn't seem like that was the first time he ever tried something like that with with another girl um, when we saw it in the fourth episode. But at the same time, knowing that it was like Kate who comes forward all of a sudden and says, oh, that happened to me, too. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared. And then she gets them to focus on Rufus as opposed to herself. Like, like I thought I thought it was a very well done way for not only the characters to logically miss it Mm -hmm. until the writers wanted them to figure it out, but the viewers as well. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. they did. I mean, they set that up very, very well. I mean, even I mean, I I do think he actually did probably mind rape her and, and also physically rape her back. You know, because I think that I think they set that up from in the in the episode where she has him, you know, taking the baseball bat to his balls. Oh, is that uh, the same person? Same person, yeah. He just was wearing okay. he was just wearing the Homelander hat, the make a make make America great again hat that Homelander, uh, you know, 
inspired. So it was, yeah, it was the same, it was the same person. Okay. So, yeah. So I think that, but, but that, but to that point though, it does add to the misdirection. Um, I think it adds, it, it makes it even more believable that Rufus would, would have done the Mon White for yeah, all, all five of them. Yeah. And also, and then later, you know, in a, in a, even to carry it further, when we see Rufus and the Dean talking, um, when, you know, whenever Jordan and Emery are, are walking, you know, on campus. So, I mean, they set that up. I, I, whenever the, the reveal finally did happen, I was just like, fuck, y'all got me. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, because it was so well set no, up. I was just thinking about Jamaji. Yeah. And she did that to him because he was talking shit about her and Golden Boy. And yeah, but also yeah, yeah. He, he made a comment about like, I would even kill myself if I had a girlfriend like Kate. Yeah. And also I yeah. think when that happened. Yeah. And also I think he initially tried to uh, mess around. And also Marie, remember he was trying to, to uh, mess with Marie then because, she, you know, she was trying to get information about her sister. Then this is well back like the first couple episodes. He, they, they had an interaction early on okay. in the season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. trust you. I don't really yeah. remember it, but it, clearly I didn't really put two and two together that Jumanji there was the same person. But I'm really looking forward to the next episode because the next episode is literally called Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very curious about that. Yeah. Um, but back to the whole Kate of it all. Um, this character is growing on me just as much. Um. Because I didn't I didn't see it coming and and I'm curious about what we will learn about why and how Dr. Shetty got to her oh. um, and also how long she'll be on team um, team Shetty. Um, yeah. shall I say because because the next move they they plant the seed in this episode that. Marie is more powerful, more powerful than she and even I think that she is. And she may be the cure to um, or not the cure, but she may be what Dr. Cardosa needs as he's been experimenting on all of these soups or these. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we can call them soups. The gifted children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Children of V. Um. Gen V, who who um to to find a a virus that will control them, which makes sense because yeah. Marie has blood powers and and we do see in this episode she's able to figure out pretty quickly that she has a, a tracker planted in herself and pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and between that, the dick explosion the healing or the trying to, or healing of someone who's been badly cut her, her powers are more than just let me cut myself and yeah. let this blood whip come out. Like, I think it's interesting that they are doing a good job of peppering in these instances where she has to use her powers or she has to creatively use her powers in a way that I don't think she ever has thought about. I think she's yeah. only ever done the, unfortunately the cutting mm-hmm. Um, yeah. because that's force yeah. and, and, and that, but I mean, logically she could give people heart attacks. She could, she could, she, she yeah, could I mean, control she the could. blood of others. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which I think leads to a couple of things. Uh, first, I want to go back to one point you made about Kate and, uh, and Dean Shetty. It goes back to she she was able to manipulate her because of the story that we learned about Kate and her telling her brother to go away way back on parents weekend. And remember her mom after that, her mother never hugged her again, never touched her again. So, you know, we've seen, you know, and and they they did a good and, and with 
how manipulative Shetty is, and we've seen how she manipulates students because we saw how she did it with Marie, and she'll figure oh, yeah. out that that weak that weak point that she just uses to to get those students to do her to do her bidding. So I think you know so that you know so that I think that's you know that's how she was able to to, to do that. And then you're right about um marie and just not knowing her power her, her full capabilities her power and and you know to the place where she could be like you know like um uh the the uh, representative um who you know, the, the mind blower who you know who could who, who could be um oh the the head blower the head yeah the yeah. head floater yeah mind blower what are you talking about but um, you know, as far as this being, as far as the control for Homelander, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. she's, the, I think she's, the, I think she's the benefactor. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna ask you, do you think that? Yeah, because that would make logically, because we do get that breadcrumb in this episode mm-hmm. um, by Shetty that Cardoza can't use, can't experiment on Marie because she has a benefactor, yeah. um, which would make a lot of sense if it's someone with similar powers. Yeah. Um. Interesting. I like that. I like yeah. that. It's either her or, or Edgar. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it definitely. It's someone we know. I would yeah. be shocked if someone we don't know. But this universe is so big and we've seen so many deep cam- um, cameos. I know it's not the deep. The deep, deep, the deep, deep was in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know, but. Um, but what I also, you know, it's, it's, I, I think I mentioned this last week, but I just can't reiterate it enough, but, and, and I, and I say this because I want to, I want to just spend one minute on Andre, um, out of the gang, Mm -hmm. he's the least favorite and Mm -hmm. it's just because, I found it a bit odd how, like, in the previous episode, he was very active. And I was like, okay, I can get on board with this. I can even get on board with him and Kate. And I'm still kind of a bit like, yeah, Kate, you fucked that up. But what I did not appreciate was the very next episode, like, he quickly gives up on trying to find Emma (laughs) and goes back (laughs) to just smoking. (laughs) And then, like, I don't know. There... I don't know if he's only interesting because of the father, because of his dynamic with his dad um, and that generational and and we are dealing with young adults. So the disillusionment of your parents not being who you think they are, that that's relatable. But I just I have yet to really see something in him that is very unique that I'm finding in a lot of these other um, characters. Well, um, well, but given what we what we learned at the end of the episode, I think he's being wiped a lot when they're intimate, when they're having sex. I think you know because you know we do cut you know he forgets about Emma and stuff, and um and just you know just all throughout. We'll, I think Kate, especially once once he confided in her that he knows about the woods and all the things that happens with that, and 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 we learn her relationship with Shetty and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I I I look at I, I look at, I, I look at as Andre as as the as the victim in all of this. Uh, compared to some of the other the other the other folks seem to be don't. You know, they're more in control of their situations. Andre is a victim of, of the larger story that's that's that, yeah. that is unfolding. Yeah. But, so I think so. I think he's I don't know. If, so for me, it's not a question of whether or not he's one of my favorites. I think I think the the revelation that we get with about Kate at the end of this episode and his reaction, because the thing about Kate's powers is, you know, she can make you. You know, she can ease the pain and stuff. She can't take your memory away. She can just sort of make the memory just, you know, be blocked for a while, black out. 
but then she can put it back in. And then, of course, you know, and we do see her put all those things that she had, like, blocked out from him back into his brain. And that's when he's like, you're a fucking monster. So, I mean, he, you know, so he, he's to, to this point, he's been, I guess he's the most tragic of the characters that we've seen so far. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I do think that she doesn't just ease it and make you forget for a while. It's like she pulls that memory out of you. And then when, she, when you, when she wants you to know, she'll put it back in. I think she, but, but thinking about how, but, but like she can control what she does because I, I, you know, she like with, with, with golden boy and Sam, I mean, she, you know, she left that pain there. She didn't block it out so that he could, you know, so, so I think there is some, some measure of, of, of control there. Okay. And just easing it and just blacking it out. So, cause I mean, she, you know, cause that's, you know, cause, cause Sam, like you, whenever we see Sam at the beginning of this episode, you know, Kate wasn't able to touch him. So he was still able to remember, what all happened that night at Cardoza's house? Unlike everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't we don't know why he wasn't mind wiped and everybody else was. Well, yeah. Oh, well, I think I think didn't he like get out? Did he get? I don't remember how the fight went down, but in in the fourth episode, but somehow well, the fight went oh. down. They went outside. Oh yeah. They were about to square off. Big Emma comes in. Yeah. Cut to black. Yeah. Yeah. So we re- we weren't shown at all, yeah. from what I recall, of how Sam still ended up leaving mm-hmm. while everyone else, like, and I don't know how Kate managed to mind wipe, wipe so many people at once. Like, like. That's what yeah, I kept thinking about. The way they cut it, yeah. like she doesn't, she doesn't have a power where she grows extra limbs. I'm pretty sure. So no, no, no. <laughs> but let's see. But I mean, I know what Sam when he was throwing, you know, whenever he was going berserk there in Cardoza's house. I mean, didn't Andre get knocked out? So she was able to like maybe she was able to touch. No, because I thought there. I thought he still came outside with them. Like he, oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. They did throw a fridge at him. Yeah. At, no, at Sam. There was a lot of in-house fighting. Then they moved yeah. to the backyard. Right. All I remember is really Emma getting big. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. She got big and then was able to pin him down. And then everything well, went black. Well, not yeah. pin him down. Yeah. Like, I don't think he, she ever touched Sam. She just was trying to talk him out of it. Yeah. Um, because even in his mental state, it still seems like, despite all of that, Emma's the one who can talk him down. So mm-hmm. she was doing that. I feel like Marie was about to cut herself and then cut to black. Like, yeah. oh, she, yeah, yeah. No, she had cut herself because didn't she like she had wrapped him up in the in the blood. Um, I remember that in the house. Yeah, in the house. Yeah. Outside of the house. No, right, right. Yeah. 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 And they cut to black outside of the house. Right, right. Right. So, so yeah. And, and, and inside the house, he does yell like, he does yell at Kate. I don't know where Kate is once they move outside. Yeah. So it's just, it's a very well, mm-hmm. well structured, um, sequence just because even as viewers you're left being like well wait wait we we still don't yeah. technically know how this fight resolved yeah we don't um just like the 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 characters even though they figured out like they got mind wiped they don't know exactly what was wiped or right. why it was wiped um and and I'm guessing now that we're talking about Kate's powers and how it seemed at the end of the episode, how she is able to replant the memories that were wiped that she took out. I'm sure she's going to be filling in, in a lot of blanks um, to get back some redemption po- points. But mm-hmm. we we shall see. Um, yeah, yeah, we we exchange one couple for. um for the, for a new couple as Jordan Marie, that is a definitely a thing. Yep. Um, 
I I, I just want to shout out my girl Emma also has the lines. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> but them friend, them friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tell me about your them friend. Them friend. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't deny that. Um, I'm, I'm just really, cu- I'm really curious about this dynamic in this relationship, just to see what they choose to explore in it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I, I found it, I, f- I found it interesting how they changed to the boy version yeah. right before the first kiss. But they wake up in bed. It's the girl version. Yep. And and I th- and I think that's why in the fourth episode or the fifth episode, Jordan was so hesitant is because I'm still sticking like they they prefer themselves as a girl. Mm-hmm. But they think they have it stuck in their mind that Marie only likes the boy version. But yep. I'm thinking to myself. You really need to reflect. How many times have you interacted with Marie as the boy yeah. version? Not that yeah. many. Not that many. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. That many. I don't think that's what she's. Not. I think though, at the end of it, if they truly, if like this is a ship, a real ship, then it's gonna ultimately. I don't care which version. I like both. Yeah, um, I, think, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's yeah. I think they'll go that route as well. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, again, like I said, the show really does a great job of like tackling things. Cause like even like, even you know, speaking of Emma, I think, uh, when she finally, you know, because of big Emma, she like hit, you know, hit a you know, hundred cracks the hundred as far yep. as the top and, and, and all the social media likes and, and, and this show has been all, I mean, all throughout, even going back to the boys and like Starlight using social media. I mean, it's just so, it's just so topical and so, that you know timely as far as just like um the utilization of media and manipulation of media and branding and all that kind of stuff and and we see it like there got you know got you and 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 with with tech night in the fourth episode and 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 you know in this episode like you know can't touch those five and and also i mean this i mean i October's has been um, been a great month of TV as far as the the superhero shows. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Will M Polk W I L L M P O L K. You can find me at S J Belmont S J B L M O N T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Threads at Scene underscore N underscore Nerd. And visit our website www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you hear podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.